And welcome, everybody, to the Lunacy Podcast, brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. My name is Tony. I'm here with Dave, Dave Stevens, Tony Provenzi. I'm Tony Provenzi. Sorry, I'm used to doing three in a row. Uh, Connor's not here today because uh, Connor is, uh, he, he actually he stopped being a fan of this team after last night's debacle. Um, yeah, you don't blame him for wanting to take a little, take a take a back seat here and just sulk mm-hmm. a little bit. But uh, no, I'm sure that's not what he's doing now. But oh, he's you know. he's got uh, he's got some family reunion thing or something or other that he's uh, doing, which is fine. You know, I don't know if you know if you're ever gonna take, and I'm gonna have to take a pot or, pot or two off going forward. But if you're ever gonna take one off, you know, maybe the one after you lose three in a row to start the season, that wouldn't be the worst one to take off, huh? No, no, I'm. I don't think he'd, well, he'd probably want to talk, but maybe pissed off anyways. Um, still on Zoom, guys. Uh, I, you know, Dave and I were talking for the podcast. We might just not talk about the Loons at all. I think we should talk about the Vikings draft because that happened over the weekend and the Vikings, you know, traded down and they got a, a offensive lineman. They got a quarterback, you know, we should just talk about that because it's happier stuff to talk about. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're going to, cross sports here there's still a lot of time to be optimistic about uh you know say the viking season um Mm -hmm. and uh, we don't have that luxury anymore with uh, the loons but yeah yeah so if we want to stick on an optimistic note yeah we could do that (laughs) Uh, we can talk about the twins winning uh a series against first place ball club did they win today they did yeah nice after they got throttled last night yeah so i mean i don't know i mean maybe we should just uh cut it and just cut the loons and start talking about other Minnesota sports or Wisconsin yeah. sports. I know we got a few listeners that like that, but well, let's not start talking about Aaron Rodgers for Pete's sake. Oh no, no, Jeez. no, no. Yeah. If we want to keep it on an optimistic note, that wouldn't be it. We're actually lucky that David's not on this podcast anymore. Cause that's, that's be bad. Um, we are of course drinking craft beers, uh, from Minnesota. I'll, I'll start off first. Uh, this, is, of course, is a brewery we've been to a couple times. Had beers from them. Great people. Uh, we'd love to get back out there again. Uh, Blue Wolf uh, Brewing Company in Brooklyn Park. Funny thing about it is I did not pick this up at their brewery. Now, I work a mile away from their brewery in Brooklyn Park. I don't get a yep. chance to go there very often. Uh, I actually had to stop in Rogers, the liquor store up by my house, to pick up some uh, uh, seltzer for my wife. And I was just trying to find some beers for the weekend. And lo and behold, uh, Blue Wolf has Crowlers up no at kidding. the Rogers. Yeah, in Rogers. Is that the first time you've uh, seen Blue Wolf sorry, in, uh, in stores? I don't believe no. I have yet. And I'm not that far away from them either, especially my uh, work. Not that I'm in the office too much these days. but No, I think they're like, I believe they're at a couple liquor stores around Brooklyn Park, Maple, Maple, maybe Maple Grove, um, from what I've seen from their um, Facebook page. But out to Rogers, I mean, that's 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 pretty far out there. Um, I mean, so I was like, well, shit, I'll buy some of this stuff. And uh, so I am drinking the uh, Juicy Lucy as a Goosey, which is their hazy IPA. It's uh, one of their really good ones, 6.7%. It's hazy, it's juicy, it's Lucy, it's an IPA. It's it's fantastic. And, uh, and that, that's one of, of their mainstays that you'd find yeah. at the brewery. Yeah, yeah. I, bl- I believe I've had that before. Because mm-hmm. it is something that would stick out to me, and they, uh, like I said, it was it was nice to see them in Crowlers up in Rogers. So I know now that if I stop there, I can get some uh, Blue Wolf Brewing Company. And uh, again, we'll try to get back out to their their brewery one of these days for a podcast. They have been very gracious with us a couple of times. We've been out there, and they are uh, the great people. So check them out, uh, Dave. What do you got tonight? 
Well, I got uh, something that's really refreshing, at least I think so. Uh, we have not done a brewery at this uh, particular brewery. I, I got a beer from the Boom Island Brewing Company oh, yeah. down in Minnetonka. So it's a brewery that I've been to uh, once before, um, mm-hmm. only once, but uh, did like it. I ended up going with the Blood Orange Unfiltered Wheat. So it's just a kind mm-hmm. of a typical classic wheat beer. Um, it's really, I describe it as really refreshing and you know, it's, it's almost when you think, when you hear that blood orange, um, you might think it might be a little fruity or tarty, but actually it's not. It has maybe if you, as you go to take your first sip of it, you might think it has a little tartness to it, but it's really, really not at all. Um, it's, it's extremely light and refreshing, easy drinking. So it's a great summer beer, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, like yesterday would have been for, uh, for here in Minnesota. Um, and it's got, um, it's, it has a slight, slight carbonation to it slightly fizzy um small bubbles but it does it, otherwise it has a really good mouthfeel and it's just a smooth smooth refreshing drinker it, it's relatively light it clocks in at uh five percent abv and then like i said it's not tart it's not um not too sour at all it almost looks like it's got a nice pinkish orangish hue to it it's got a really good look and then yeah it comes in at 14 ibu so it uh it's not bitter. It's not tart. It's just extremely, extremely refreshing. So yeah. And, and, and boom Island, that'd be another place to get to. We'll see. There's so many, but, uh, mm-hmm. I, I do like their brewery. It's got, um, you know, kind of a large warehouse type feel to it. And, uh, yeah. Were you ever at the original boom Island? I was not. No, I, I, I went to the, I went to boom Island for the first time, probably about, Oh boy, just over just under a year ago now, actually. So. Now, the original, I went to the original, me and a friend from work, Ryan Lubke, um, who I don't know if he listens to the show or not, but shout out to him. Back when they first opened up Boom Island, it was right off of 94, and I can't think of what some of the places around there are. Uh, BJ's, right by uh, Washington Avenue, and um, kind of in that area, over on 94 there, just mm-hmm. kind of Washington Avenue, you know, BJ's, and then there's... Uh, I'm trying to think what else is up there but they're kind of they were kind of over in that area oh and just kind of just like north northeast minneapolis? Yeah. yeah yeah something like that like yeah northeast minneapolis but across the river mm-hmm. um so they ryan and i went there and it was it was a it was a space it was not meant for people being in it yet they had a small little bar and they had some kind of tables and chairs kind of set up haphazardly uh but they had fantastic beer and uh then when they moved uh, i think there was a big article about them moving and kind of getting out of that neighborhood because they didn't feel safe over there uh so they moved out to minnetonka uh to a bigger space of course probably making more money there because people it's you can get to it easier this place originally was not an easy place to get to and parking was terrible there was no parking lot per se it was kind of like off street and kind of back alley type of parking. So they weren't in the greatest location to begin with. I'm glad they moved out to Minnetonka, but. Well, yeah, they certainly got an upgrade because, you know, on top of that, they have a nice patio. I haven't used it, but they have a nice patio big enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, talk about easy to get to. If you're anywhere, I mean, you don't even have to be in the West Metro, but I mean, it's right off of 494 and uh, 62. So it's easy to get to and parking's fine. Yeah. And uh, it's. Again, they got some great beers over there. I started drinking their beers when they first came out and they had some awesome, I'm trying to think of the original ones that they had, but 
I know there were some, I know there was a farmhouse ale that they made for a while. I don't know if they make it anymore, but it was, it was good. So anywho, enough of the fun chat. We need to talk about last night. Um, yes, we do. What can I say about last night other than I was very disappointed. However, I did go into this game. I didn't want to tell you guys this before the game. I felt like I was going to text you guys, but I didn't feel like doing it. I wanted to be optimistic for last night's game. I really did. I wanted to be like, yeah, this is, you know, we're back. We're going to go back on our, you know, get everything back going. But I was very pessimistic. I, I, I just, this team doesn't feel like it's, it's all there. And we'll talk about this in a little bit. Um, but this was against Austin, who was in, who was an expansion team. Now Austin got their first points last week against uh, was against Colorado, Colorado who yeah. happens to be the loon's next opponent. Our next next opponent. Week. But exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of, you know, I'm an optimistic person in general, but I think I kind of hinted at that last week when we were kind of looking, previewing this Austin match. And, you know, we had noted that, you know, this Austin club does not look like your FCC, FC, you know, Cincinnati, mm-hmm. you know, they look like a, a pretty good expansion club. They're, they're certainly, you know, they played well in their opening, you know, opener, uh, they lost LAFC, but they played well. I think the final in that one was one nil, maybe LAFC got a late goal, but it was a close game throughout. I watched most of that. Didn't yep. watch the Colorado match, but you know, noticed that, uh, Hey, you know, they notched their first win on the road ahead of, ahead of this match against Minnesota. And so it wasn't, it wasn't something I was, I hadn't penciled in as a, as a win, even after the loon started out. zero and two, and obviously this was their second game at Allianz field. You know, this is, so you go from losing in Seattle kind of, okay, tough loss, and then losing your home opener against Real Salt Lake. And so now here you are against Austin. So certainly the pressure was ratcheted up. And I think that was not, so I'm not necessarily pessimistic going into it, but the nerves were there. There were definitely more because I wasn't, I did not have the confidence, confidence I would normally have say at the end of last season, you know, after MLS is back and you know, and, you know, remember Minnesota did stumble a little bit. Uh, obviously they, they reached uh, what the final semifinal and MLS yeah. is back and then stumbled a bit before going on that tear to end the last season where they lost confidence. three, three games after MLS is back I, on Twitter. They, I think pot on the loons put that out there three pot games after the, yeah, they put that on there. Yeah. yeah and, and obviously, you know, shout out to them, you know, good point. So, and clearly they, they uh, turned things around, but I'm just saying, so at the end of last season, my confidence level was through the roof. You know, maybe the playoff nerves were there, but I mean, that kind of, that's not here now. And that, that started, I wasn't too worried after the Seattle game. I was a little more worried after the home opener, you know, to come out as flat as they did at home. And so this is, you know, this is not, I would not call this a must win game. You can't, you can't do that in the third game of the season. You just can't. And, uh, but uh, boy, yeah, a little nervy coming into it. That's for sure. And then, you know, it didn't help. I think the the nerves were ratcheted up even a bit more because you know the it, it came out kind of late in the week, really, that uh, Robin Lude was questionable heading into the match with a chest injury. So that kind of mm-hmm. for me, it came out of nowhere. Probably did for a lot of people because I didn't yeah. see that news until oh, was it Thursday or Friday? So that yeah. was a shock. And so usually when you see somebody questionable that late into the week, it's never a good sign in any sport. And so sure enough, you know, Lude wasn't available. No surprise that Debassi and Nico Hansen are still unavailable. So, you know, you're just losing pieces and you're, you know, that you got more injuries are starting to pile up. It's so even more 
reason to feel not so optimistic, I guess, heading in. Well, let's talk about the starting lineup because without Robin Lud, uh, they go back to Hassani Dotson starting up top. Yeah, yeah well. Uh, on the left. And and the thing is, we talked about this after the, the loss to Seattle. We thought that maybe Adrian Heath had experimented with playing Hassani Dotson up top on the left and try to figure out if he could work there. We saw he didn't work there. We're like, okay, experiment over, done, put that, throw that away, find another place for him to go. Well, with Lude being out, Heath went back and said, well, let's put Hassani back up there and see what he does. And yeah. again, it didn't work out. Yeah, it's 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 really, it's frustrating, uh, only because I did not think, we had this conversation, I did not think we'd see Dotson starting at, you know, out left in the left wing position, attacking mid I didn't think we'd see that again at least not in the near future you know mm-hmm. not in the next month or so and and if we did see him up there it would only be say a you know later game substitution where maybe they needed to due to injury or, or just whatever the reason I was really surprised you know and again you can look at it two ways you can say okay well Lude was out so what choices does he have well he has one that pops out to me and popped out to me before this game started and that was Justin McMaster who mm-hmm. somebody that I've been high on ever since they drafted him just because of his, um, you know, Molino comps, because obviously Kevin Molino is a player that it's, it kind of has a feel that they desperately miss Molino at this point. And yeah. the, there, there's a lot of problems right now. And that may be one of them, but McMaster, I thought did enough to earn a starting nod. In my opinion, he came on in both matches prior to this one and looked pretty good. You know, he had, he assisted Lude's goal last game against RSL. Uh, I'm talk about this later, but the only goal Minnesota has scored in three games so far, uh, McMaster had a nice assist, a nice assist on that one. And so, yeah, I thought, so you say, well, what choice does he have? Well, that would have been a choice. You know, it's still a damn shame that Nico Hansen can't be out there. Yeah. Um, a player that was really high, you know, at least was looking good trending. He was trending as the day one starter until he got hurt. And yep. so that's a shame. So, but here you go. He got, uh, well, you got Dotson out left and, you know, really for me, we'll get into the game, but uh, it didn't start out well. That's for sure. No. Now I know he, he certainly turned it around. And some of that was when, when Ray went out and he had to shift into the center. Yep. Center mid, but uh, anyways, he, it didn't, it did not start out well for Dotson or for most of the team for that matter, but. Well, and the other things we get a couple of changes too, is we get uh, Ozzy Alonso starting at the mid, um, which is the first time this year. Um we had talked yes. about him be, kind of being a, I, I put him in the closers role, which has been happening the last two games, but they decided that uh, Jan Gregus was, you know, not a good, was not playing good enough or want to change it up. So Ozzy yeah. gets to tr- start with Will Trap, um, which is interesting because they talked about in the broadcast last night that they wanted Will Trap to be more of the, um, you know, the hub to kind of be that kind of more of attacking kind of, midfielder right. and like feeding Reynoso a little bit more and to, you know whether yeah you you'd want to yeah with, with the idea being that you could have trapped there playing in the uh, you know in the eight and he mm-hmm. could then do his thing which is you know for his career he's been known as a good distributor of the ball whether it's long down the wings or yeah like you said Tony get it you know get it up get the movement coming out of the midfield going up the middle um and mm-hmm. so that's the idea and it makes sense because he can he might have a little more freedom then because you have a, a, a guy like Ozzy Alonso, you know, maybe to sit back a little bit, you know, and what you can have will trap get up a little bit more and at least start the play. 
start the start the offensive press. But uh, it, I don't know if it worked out that way. But it was no. it was nice to see Ozzy back, and uh, we'll get into it. But I think it was nice to see Ozzy back, and, and not back, but you know, starting the game. You think maybe that would put everybody a little, you know, at a little more of a calm, especially a back line that uh, has had its struggles. We've talked about it ad nauseum. Mm -hmm. um, but to put Ozzy back there to start a game, you know, maybe that was more to have like a calming effect on that back line, you know, yeah. and, and see a little bit better defensive shape. So I, I like that idea. Yeah. And Tony, you said it, you know, Greg, I'm a huge fan. No secret there. Um, but he was out of form. Definitely. I mean, out of form would be putting it kindly. I think in the first couple of games, especially against RSL, he just wasn't he wasn't his usual self in the first you know first couple of games and so I, it's it, it is shocking you know seeing your one of your dps on the bench but hey it's a you know you're getting in your your own two you're, you need to make some changes everybody wants to see some changes so this one as much as i don't want to see it going forward i think i'm not going to question that decision i think to put uh, greg to put gregish on the bench to start the game i guess i think gregish's problems stem from the fact that he has a new partner in crime in the middle and will trap He's used to having Ozzy there. Um, so Gregus and Will have to get on the same page, and they haven't been the first two games. Um, Abila started up uh, up top uh, as a striker. Um, I think the first he, he's the first time he started this year. He has not been match fit at all. He missed last game because he was sort of he was injured. He he said he wasn't injured, but he was not feeling great. It's an odd one, you know, coming on, you know, you see the comments is after the first game where he came in, what played 25 or so 20, 30 mm -hmm. minutes out in Seattle, kind of used, kind of used the turf as an excuse. I mean, that's what it kind of came off as. I'm not going to say, um, again, I, I never want to take light of injuries. So, and I, without knowing, I'm not even going to speculate anymore anymore. It just kind of had a weird feel to it, but yeah, you're right. Bottom line, he hasn't played a full 90 in like almost a year and a half. Yep. You know, he didn't play 90 in the preseason. He hasn't played. I don't think he's played a full 90 since last January. So, you know, 2020. So it's, it's been a long time. So I think, but that being said, it was exciting seeing him start, even though we probably knew he wasn't going to play that whole 90 in this match against Austin. And, you know, but being him, seeing him start out there was, was nice. It was his first start. So that was kind yeah. of exciting. I mean, at least it was to start the game, you know, as much as it was, you know, now you got another, you got, you got Dotson, out on left, Lude's out hurt, and and but at least you had a Abila starting and up and no Debassi again, which is right. Debassi uh, it, it, again is not in, and uh, we'll see if he's fit for next week. And we'll talk about this. I think his loss um, on the back four has been one of the biggest ones this year that we've missed. It's it's been a real domino effect too, and then yeah. With with the back line, a second straight game that Retalia has made the start over Coleman. Yep. Um, I wasn't all that impressed with Retalia out of coming out of RSL and in, in the few minutes that he played against Seattle. But I will get into it. But I, I think he had kind of an up and down game. He had his moments. Um, of course, you got Boxall, who, um, obviously a mainstay. He he mainstay in the lineup at this point, and thank goodness for that because he was he was kind of a one man show, and so no doubt that he'd start. But yeah, it, it, you know, it's it's the trickle down effect of Debassi that that really impacts this team a lot more than I thought it would. Really, you know, yeah. and maybe because it's so early. But you know, we talked about the depth that we think they have, and boy, you know, I don't. I'm not going to call this backline a house of cards, but 
one, you know, one injury, you know, really rattled them a little bit. It seems you're going through the first three games that were now it's not all the back lines fault. There was, but boy, I, they could have yeah. been better, should have been better. Um, well, uh, one, one last note I would say about the, the lineup. Um, it was nice to see I, uh, both. Well, of course, McMaster was available, um, but you got Wea was available. Mm-hmm. I don't believe he was available at RSL. I could be wrong. He, he, but he definitely wasn't available for Seattle. So to see him available on the bench, that was kind of exciting, you know, as we're talking about the start of the match. And uh, yeah, I think that was the only, the only mm-hmm. other uh, note. And then our new, our new guy was available. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the new, the new uh, young guy we got. Um. What's we were talking about Jackson. Yeah, he was available. No, he wasn't. Was he? I think he was. I'm going to, I have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure he was available. He was, he was on the, he was on the board, I believe. Oh, maybe not. Yeah, he was. Oh, He was. Yeah, he was. Okay. My surprise. Yeah. My my surprise. Yeah. Both Jackson and Wea were, were available, which is, which is weird because last year, remember we had, (laughs) we had this trend of having Fred Emmings available for like every game last year Mm -hmm. because we had no goal goalies. I mean, we did, but we really didn't. And now this year, it's like, oh, look, Jackson, and yeah, they're been, they're all in there. Yeah, well, that's yeah, exciting. We'll talk about him, but yeah, that's it's obviously a good sign. So you get your two, yeah, well, two of two of the three homegrown players now available for this match. So that yeah, that was good. Which we're, we'll bring up because uh, Waya got in there later, and that was the first well, first time we've had a homegrown player in our lineup in our history. So uh, that was nuts um this game started off pretty i don't know i again pessimistic me saw the start of this game and i'm going this is just that we don't look we don't look like a team at all uh we look slow we look like we're just not in tune whatsoever we weren't doing a high i don't think we're really doing a high press to start this game like we do last time yeah, I mean, I, I think they were trying, but the bottom, and we'll get into this, but I they, I think they were trying the high press. I I just have in my notes, you know, in the first few minutes, you know, five minute impression, you know, at the five minute mark, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty tip, pretty typical over the first few games. And as they love to, you know, they love to start it on, on the wings, especially with Metnir coming down mm-hmm. the right, you know, making those overlapping runs. And that's what they did. But again, it was, and this is the note I had, I mean, it was, obvious that you know they did that i think it was spotted well by austin and they probably knew that was going to happen and then because then he couldn't get back you know after they try it they couldn't get he couldn't get back and that left all kinds of space for cecilio cecilio dominguez sorry if i butchered that name a little bit but yeah. uh, it led to an early early opportunity he had just loads of space almost they almost made it one zero in the first five minutes and i, I looked at that so i the, i think they were trying it I thought maybe they would back off it a little bit just because it hasn't worked. And um, unfortunately I think it didn't work. It didn't work against uh, Austin. It just really didn't. And it, uh, unfortunately it failed through, it started at the top with a uh, for the most part, and it just trickled down, you know, it felt it all falls through him. And then again, there was a several moments where they just couldn't get back to defend it. They left oh. their back line. You know, the, the, Let's let's talk about the, the first goal from Austin, the only goal of this game uh, from Fagundes. Um, that goal there was just it, it's been happening all year. Metnir could not get back on that. Um, Gasper was too far off his 
guy on the left side. Uh, he made a nice cross in uh, to Fagundes and and Metnir just couldn't get back. I mean, Metnir was a couple steps back. I, it was it was yeah. frustrating to watch. And I hate to do this, but it's it's it because it sounds like a broken record. But that one, it just it felt like through the midfield, and I think it was the central. I think it was central mid, but I mean, I think Retal- Retalia was up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Will Trap was. They just couldn't pl- plug up the middle like they probably should have. And it just no. to me in that moment, it just felt like the whole team. There wasn't enough effort there. They knew. No. I mean, they, there was just no effort against the counter, and it, it started in the it started in the mid central midfield. And it just worked its way back. Retalia was up, you know, every, most people were up, they got back, but just, I just didn't think there was enough effort, enough press there. And it really exclamation point was when, when it got over to the left, I think in Stroud had the ball Gasper just, just completely complacent. In my opinion, he gave, mm-hmm. he gave Stroud way too much space. He just was sitting there, not even a thought of pressuring in his mind. Nope. He didn't come up on him. He left him with like three or four yards. And it was just Stroud put the ball. It was now to be fair, it was a beautiful cross that he put in. And then, yeah, who'd you say it was Fagundas, you know, yeah. put it in. But it, we've said this so many times, it, it was an easy goal, a outstanding cross from Stroud. That's because he had too much space. It, there was no pressure from Gasper. Gasper, I put, you could put, I mean, I, I wouldn't argue with anybody who said, oh no, that goal was so and so's fault. That goal was so and so's fault. I mean, it started in the mid, like I said, and just came out to the wing. And Gasper, but I'll, I would put that one on Gasper. You know, if you're going to assign mm. a percentage of the blame, I'm going to put at least 50% on because by the time, you know, Metnair, yeah, I get it, but I don't know that there's a lot he can do. But again, because that came down on the, that came down, it came down the, I mean, it started in the middle, came down to, to their right side. Gasper was the biggest reason for that one, in my opinion. But yeah, like I said, I mean, you could really make a case for several players on that, on that play. It, it was a very like, uh, how would I put it? Like we were all daydreaming. Uh, that whole play was like the the loons team was daydreaming. That whole situation. You watch it from start to finish. It looks like we are just walking through the motions of that play, and it, it's just like I don't. I just don't know how it happened. And again, pessimist me says this is a freaking goat rodeo. I, I'm we're not coming back from this because. This is, we're just not that team anymore. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a theme of the first three games. And we'll talk about this as, as when we get into the, maybe the season as a whole, but it just, there's, it, nobody was on their front foot. It, it felt like it, everybody was out of sorts. You know, there were the passing last night for the most part was not good. No. Um, there was some terrible giveaways. And then, and then you see after the giveaways, the effort wasn't there to get back and defend. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking in generalities here. I'm not no, you're singling not. out a single There's, there's one guy. Oh, a, well. Abila was the most terrible guy. Yeah. You, you give up, you give shit up, you get back, and you try to get that ball back. He did not do that all flipping night. He didn't. I, I mean, that's why I said I'm speaking in generalities. Yes, you're right. Uh, I can think of three or four times in the first half of that game where Abila would either have a bad giveaway or a bad pass. But and then that was that he he had no effort, no, you know, no. he had he, he just left it at that. And that's what I mean, the high weather. And then you they're trying this high press, if that's what you want to call it. Maybe I shouldn't even call it that um, because it just tumbled. It just started with an obelette top and just tumbled down and then they couldn't get back. And because this game, 
it, you you want to be a you want to be optimistic about it. And I saw this, you know, the talk of it last night was you want to be optimistic and say, well, okay, they allowed four games um, against Seattle, two against RSL, and one against Austin last night. But this game is a game that uh, could have Austin had multiple yeah. chances where they probably should have scored even in the first half. Like it, we're the loons were lucky this game wasn't like RSL and it was you know two nil at the half to the to the visitors. But yeah, it was it's just a frustrating game out of out of the well out of the beginning because basically yep go ahead and we did now frustrating yes but we did you know four minutes after the goal by austin we did have a chance i mean it was our biggest chance i think well second biggest chance of this game but you know uh we did have uh ramon hit uh abila hit a shot uh from the box it was saved in the top right corner assisted by by uh ray on that one so there was the connection there um so we had opportunities and i know actually that was the third biggest chance second biggest, the one you're talking about second biggest chance was the renault so hitting the left post hitting the now, post yeah now that one again he was assisted by a beetle on that one so those guys were actually right. connecting yeah yeah and, so look i don't want to be negative because that was a highlight and that and, and that one actually started with dotson um, mm-hmm. well more or less started with Dotson but he and coming out of the middle of the field and I think a place that uh, Dotson feels a lot more comfortable I think everybody would agree with that statement or at least most of the fans of this team but Dotson started up the middle he got the ball to Reynoso nice pass to Reynoso and then it was Reynoso my goodness his footwork you know to, to in traffic you know he had that ball tied to his foot it's just great footwork getting around a couple of defenders and then what was you know and I'm I'm glad we can talk about this a little bit because I don't want to just nag on all these players and, and including Abila, but Abila and Reynoso, their connection, although brief in previous games is clear uh, because the, yeah, it was just a beautiful, just give and go basically Reynoso, mm-hmm. you know, with his footwork driving through in traffic, a quick pass to Abila. Like I said, give and go Abila got it right back to Ray. And then so Ray took the shot, hit the left post, a ball that easily could have gone in. I, I didn't think we'd be talking about this as the season progressed, but I mean, it was just a stat that kind of jumped out at me because I didn't realize it, but yeah, you know, Minnesota was the best team at hitting the woodwork, you know, in la- last season. And, and that trend is continuing. It's so unfortunate because as we get on to talking about the whole of the season, you, you can look at the season a lot of different ways. One, you, you know, the optimist, it would be optimistic. One optimistic view would be to say, well, they've been unlucky, you know, they've hit the post and they have, they have been unlucky. But uh, again, you've, I look at it as just, just horribly inefficient. You know, yep. you've got to find a way. And then I, I, you know, you can take it back. I, there was a good run of play. I thought for Minnesota, and this is a little bit earlier and we'll jump right back, but you know, in the first, after the first few minutes where there was a couple nervy moments, but uh, I thought Minnesota had some sustained pressure and there was more in the first half, you know, up, even up until that goal in the 17th minute, you you know, Minnesota possessed the ball in more dangerous spots. Now they were not, they didn't necessarily, they were not winning the possession battle at any point during that game. Minnesota wasn't, but I mean, they had opportunities in the final third, like in the final third where you got to do better. You just do like, I know Ethan Finley had a, a, a really good look. It was like after like a terrible uh, clearance by their goalkeeper, Austin's goalkeeper mm-hmm. he came way offline. And then Finley, the ball basically bounced to him. Should have had that. He tried a chip shot. And that's something 
that don't, Ethan Finley should be better at. There's just don't, don't chip that shot. You're well, not you're not DQ. You're yeah, not DQ. He's 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 definitely not Darwin Quintero, but yeah, he he bottom line is he should have done better. And that's what you start complaining about the efficiency and only scoring one goal through three games, and that's just another spot. And then I don't know, just a couple of minutes after that, it you had, you know, again, it's something that this team loves to do. You had Gasper all the way down the left side, but I you saw Gasper coming down. This was in 12th minute, just a couple of minutes. This one really sticks out at me. Gasper making an overlapping run, like him and Metnir do all the time, especially in this game. Everything started on the wings in this game. Everything it seemed like yeah. nothing developed. You know, I shouldn't say nothing, but it seemed it didn't have that feel that where you'd think, yeah, you have Ozzy and mm-hmm. I will say, you know, Ozzy and Will Trap starting it up through the middle, but everything came down the left. And this one in particular, I still think about it. Will um Gasper down the left, he had Ray and then uh, forward of him, you had Abila. And if all he had to do was make a pass to one of those two, and it was just a terrible pass. It was just, he, I mean, Gasper is not a huge attacking threat, and you wouldn't expect a, you know, a beautiful cross, but he did, it didn't have to be a beautiful cross. He just had to make a efficient pass to Ray or Abila there in that situation. And it was just bad. It was just bad. And I think that just kind of sums things up. You have these chances, and for whatever reason, they're just not converting. So well, I will say... Well, so now through three games, okay, there was, there was, I think they had 13 shots on goal last night, which was actually quite low compared to the previous games. But so for through three games, they have 53 shots. Mm -hmm. Minnesota does nine of those have been on goal. So that actually lowers their percentage to right around 17%, which is easily last in the MLS. Yep. And so, like I said, they got one goal all year, uh, Robin Lude and Saracel. And so that gives you your efficiency just run the numbers real quick. I did before we recorded. It was it's one point nine percent efficiency. That 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 is. I mean, that is you. Whether you want to say unlucky or just poor performances or bad players, that efficiency has to improve. That's now, poop. is that a that's a statistical anomaly or or what's going on? That's is poop. it the qual is it the quality of the players or is it unlucky? Yeah, I mean, that's a good conversation to have. I don't have the answer. I mean, but it's a good nobody, conversation to have. At this point, nobody does. Um, but, uh, before we get out of the first half, I just want to say that Reynoso did go down in the first half. He had what it looked like some cramping going on and we'll get into That's this exactly what I thought it was when we get into the second half, but it looked like he was getting worked out by the trainer, some cramping. The trainer, I think was kind of pointing to his calf saying, Hey, you know, and he was kind of doing the twisting turn, like, Hey, if I twist here, it hurts. And hey, she's like, well, hey, whatever. And so. That was kind of interesting because we get in the second half and 54 minutes in, Reynoso hits one that's outside the box and a little too high for it. And pretty much a couple minutes later, he's out of the game. He is done. He His leg is killing him at that point. And he's out of the game, uh, replaced by McMaster. On uh, the same token, uh, Langsdorf comes in for Abila. But we come to find out, yesterday or uh, this morning or whenever Heath had his press conference that uh, Ray has been injured all week with that calf problem. And that's, that was a surprise to me because you're watching, I obviously, I didn't know that. I I don't know that anybody did now. He hadn't been sharp. I I mean, Ray had his moments. We talked about his near Mm -hmm. miss hitting the post. Um, But, but especially in the RSL game, you know, I wouldn't say, the difference maybe here, I don't necessarily think he was trying to force the game. 
mm. in this particular match. But yeah, he did not look like his usual self. That's certainly true of this game as well as, of course, real real Salt Lake. But I still, watching the first half, I didn't, you know, I didn't think it was, even when he got injured, you know, or, oh, well, even when he finally went out, Tony, like you said, yeah. late early in the second half, I wasn't too concerned. I, I really thought it was cramping. I thought by his reaction um, after being going out, to me, it didn't seem any serious. So when I heard that um, it was something that he's been dealing with all week and then it, it maybe wasn't just as something as simple as cramping, that has me a little concerned to say the least because, boy, I know Minnesota wants to get their first win, after, especially after losing their home opener, but boy, oh, boy. Reynoso is not a player you want to be putting out there playing no. through minor in injuries because if he go if he has to miss multiple games during any point of the season that's that's a stretch where you're going to be struggling to find wins and I don't see how you can take a chance with a player like that. No, you can't you, know? you can't do that. And the thing is um if you saw in the first half he was he'd get, you know, he'd get tackled and he'd come up and he'd be on the ground for a little bit and he'd be fine. But he was getting more and more frustrated as the game went on. And now I'm thinking that frustration was his injury. It wasn't the fact that he was playing bad. It was the fact that he is, his play, his bad play was causing, was caused by that injury to his calf. And so I don't, we don't know. We're not flies on the wall. We don't know what happened in training this week. We don't know what was said between him and Adrian Heath. We don't know if Adrian asked him and said, Hey, Ray, are you good to go? And Ray said, yeah, it's just a, you know, it's, it's nothing. It's a tweak. I can play through it. If Heath believed him, if Heath, you know, whatever, but that goes back to the whole, if you know, a guy is injured, especially in soccer, if you know, a guys injured, and he tells you he's not, that's kind of a tricky subject. Do you keep him out? Knowing that you really have nobody to replace him at, at that position. I mean, really, you don't. You can you can start no, guys. Not, not really, because you, well, because Lude was out. So, you know. Well, you I can mean, do. Lude could have been a, maybe a one for one. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe not a one. He's not a one for one. I'm sorry, but no. you know what I mean? He, they could have, you know, Lude could have shifted over into that position, certainly, you know, be, with a Vila starting. And then, but yeah, you're running out of options. Th that being said, yeah, Ray wasn't, um, Ray wasn't his usual self, but, you know, he, I, I'm just crossing my fingers here, hoping that that injury isn't a serious one where he could miss multiple weeks because that, that would really affect the team. But uh, yeah, and Boy, and so, the, yeah, at that point, you know, I think Abilo was probably going to come out around that time anyways. Mm -hmm. You know, we, like I said, most people would have assumed he wouldn't play 90, but, but boy, did the game kind of change it. Now you, now you lose that Boca Juniors connection of Ray and Abilo, mm -hmm. they're out. I thought one thing, as much as I've been maybe, you know, jokingly so with champion uh, Langsdorf, but it was a bit of a surprise that you didn't see, you know, Juan Agadello come in at that point. Mm -hmm you know, that the choice was made for Foster Langsdorf over Agadello. That was, you know, that's an eye raiser. It really was. And so I, that was interesting to me at that moment. But, you know, like you said, the, for me, I was like, boy, you lost Reynoso, you lost Abila, but you know, here we go. That being said, uh, at least McMaster got a chance to come in. And now when that, when, when that happened, of course, McMaster moved out left. Um, and that brought, uh, that brought uh, Dotson into more into a, a kind of a center mid. So he took that center attacking mid role basically with McMaster out left in his natural position. And you could argue 
that even though um, Dawson is more probably best coming out of the eight, but they put him, I think they kind of had him in that center attacking role going forward. And I think from that point on, you know, Dawson really looked more comfortable. He looked good. He looked a lot better. I know he's voted man of the match by, by MNUFC Twitter, but, um, and, and, and deservedly so, because although I thought Dawson started out shaky, I thought once that move was made, he looked a lot better, a little mm-hmm. more comfortable. And then um, just having the master out there was, was, I, I liked it. I really did. I liked that. I thought maybe they could get something going through that. Well, we, we did get uh, in the six, 67th minute, we did get to uh, Jan Grigas coming in for Ozzy Alonso, which was, yeah, given Ozzy's not going to play 90 minutes anymore. He's done with that. He's, he's over that. Yeah, that. Remember that, remember that moment. It was just before that moment. I think that, um, that was another chance that Austin actually had to mm-hmm. probably should have made it two nil. Cause that was when um, basically, Oh boy, I'm sorry. I can't remember who it was from Austin, but, and Dodson or Dane Sinclair ended up coming way out of goal um, to, to try and defend it. Was it Stroud? And then, mm-hmm. um, and then I think, did he hit the post or it was close? It was, yeah. it was it, it, I think the shot went wide, but it, it, yeah. it was another chance for him. But then, yeah, then they made that sub to get, and again, I guess, would you call it another surprising sub at that point to see Ozzy coming off after almost no. 70 minutes? No, I mean, it, Ozzy's never going to play 90 minutes anymore. And even to go 70 minutes is kind of nuts for somebody his age and also his injury history in the last year. Um, so obviously he was running the gas but the big news of the day uh other than the fact that we lost three in a row was that uh patrick Wea gets in in the 85th 81st minute for ethan finley he is the first homegrown player of mnufc to come into a game the first yeah that's exciting. I mean, so his, he's making his professional debut, you know, just literally mm-hmm. months after playing for uh, the University of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, he scored a goal earlier this year for them, at least one goal, I think two actually. But yeah, so wow, you go just months apart from playing collegiate soccer, you're making your professional debut in MLS. I mean, that, that was exciting. And I wasn't, I was thrilled to see him on the bench, like I said earlier, but I was really pleasantly surprised to see him get, you know, being able to come in and make his debut 17 years old that's exciting so now there's a glimmer of hope from this game at all um it is right after he got into this game uh he got a cross from mcmaster mm-hmm. on a goal Wea puts his body out there to get the header i mean he ran through the defender whoever that heck that was to get the header on goal could have been a goal i mean the, the goalie was was shocked by Oh yeah, this, uh, he was out of, a little out of position. He was like, "Oh shit!" That was a glimmer of hope for this whole game. Was Wea from McMaster? If Wea can do this on a regular basis, Wea should get a lot more playing time. You could tell even after this goal, you could tell that he was amped up and he was ready to go. Um, he was kind of he was trying to spark something. But, yeah, I mean, other than other than watching, you know, I watched some after after he Minnesota signed uh, way a, to a homegrown contract. I, you know, I was watching some of his highlights, and you know, mm-hmm. it it strikes you he's a big he is a big player. He's got mm-hmm. a big stature, and from watching this game last night against Austin, he likes to use his head, and it's he really does. He nearly scored with it, but he, you know, he, I think he had another header. Ninetieth minute, minute yeah, plus yeah, two. Yeah. 
that one didn't, it wasn't as, as, you know, it wasn't as solid. It wasn't a diving, a diving mm-hmm. header or anything like that, but you know, he's really, he seems to be someone that can be in that right spot at the right time. I mean, mm-hmm. gosh, we have, we have 20, 15, 20 minutes of, of uh, actual MLS gameplay to, to judge him on, but boy, he made a, a pretty solid first impression mm-hmm. um, just being in that right spot. He's a big body that can navigate through that defense. And yeah, it's, Hey, it's exciting. There's there, there was a reason that they were excited to, to sign him to a homegrown contract. And that's really, that's something that this club was missing through its first four years. There's no doubt about it because that, that if you can get um, any kind of um, performance and contributions by those homegrown players. And now, like you said, Tony, they got Azeel Jackson as well yep. signed, but if you can get any contributions from those players, that is just massive because now it's a huge thing in MLS right now, because those players I believe, uh, I don't want to go crazy, but, you know, more or less, I don't believe they count against your salary cap. I don't, I don't know how that all I works. I don't, I don't want to go into too many details because I'm not an expert on this, and, and so I don't want to go down that road. But bottom line is there, you, there's a massive benefit from having these homegrown players on your, you know, active roster. I think it, yeah. it allow, it's a huge cap savings, and I mm-hmm. believe that's a big part of it. I believe they take a significant less of a hit on that salary cap salary cap if none at all so it's massive and to see him nearly tie the game up late was was really exciting and i in general and i will say this the last 20 minutes 30 minutes maybe of the eh, 20 minutes probably of the game was much better dotson really came into his own um he he started playing better um yeah you got the contribution from Wea. i mean it was and mcmaster nearly got another assist and um yeah, there's a just it's it sucks when you're look, talking about a one nil loss at home again. Yeah. But there there was some positives where you could say, oh, Ray and Abila are out. You know, where's this game going? We're we're gonna have no attacking threat whatsoever. But that wasn't the case. It really wasn't. Dotson stepped up in a big way in the last half hour, and and obviously you had some chances there. And Langsdorf, um, you know, I again a little surprising not Siago Dello, but Langsdorf was okay, I guess. Um, I know he, he, he had a a failed header, um, in one of, you know, one of his opportunities later in the game. And also what about, you could almost make the case Minnesota should have had a penalty kick when Langsdorf was pushed in. I think it was a legitimate push in the box, but you can make a, you can moan and groan over that, but bottom line, we're we're picking at the details, I guess. And yeah, at at least we can look at something positive coming out of this one. I just, uh, it'll be interesting to see that injury list next week. Yeah, very interesting. So we end this game in a one-nil loss to Austin. Uh, we have now lost our first three games of the season, which we've oh, never it feels like feels like 2017, which we've never done before. Um, well, we did in two, we must have done it in 2017. I don't think we did. I know I'm joking. Yeah, we didn't. Not even in 2017, and this is the worst start in their five-year uh, yeah. tenure in MLS. Yeah, it's it's. It's not, I mean, and then who, who pot, shout out to Pot on Wounds, who made the point of, you know, they have lost three games after the MLS's back term. And that's what I was going to say is this isn't the first time they've lost three games in a row. You just hate to see it at the start of the season. And it's a long season. And, and I still really think that the Western Conference is going to be jumbled up. And I think the, the playoff line is going to be really muddied. And so do I, three and oh, oh, and three, you know, I wish, oh, and three. Um, 
you know, no. the season's not over. Um, I would, you could certainly start to maybe panic a little be- only because it's hard to really put a finger on why they're zero and three. And well, what- let's talk about that a little bit because uh, it was Chad uh, on uh, on Twitter had put out a uh, said, "Are we shit?" and had uh, said that to us, uh, "Pot on you loons and the Dummy Run Podcast." which I responded to, and I'll, I'll say what I what I said in that response. I said, are we shit? Not yet. Uh, I don't think we are yet. It's three games of the season, but we're, we're missing something. The talent is there, okay? We have the talent. We have the depth. We are missing something. If, if you guys go back to last year when shit hit the fan with uh, COVID and everything like that, you know, and then we're like, are we going to play? Are we not going to play? And we're going into the uh, MLS's back tournament. We have no Ike Apara. Uh, our, our top uh, uh, striker, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, what was our striker we picked up last year? The uh, uh, camera was like. <laughs> you put me on the I know, yeah. I know exactly. I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, he goes out with an injury. Um, we got, you know, all these issues that we went in, it was just ridiculous. And we stepped up in that, uh, MLS's back tournament and came pretty close to winning the damn thing. Got out of that tournament. We lost three in a row, came back. I mean, we talked about this on our end of the year podcast resilience. We were resilient last year. We stepped up when we needed to step up. This team got together and did the things they needed to do in order to win games. The first three games this year, uh, Amaria, by the way, that's his name. Yes, yeah. Sorry. It's just, it's one of those things where it's, it's on the tip of your tongue. Yeah. I knew as soon as you said it. Uh, this 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 team this year, like the first three games, I haven't seen that. Like, yeah, we're missing Debassi. I get that on our back line, and we miss him greatly. Yes, he helped a lot. Ike Opara is not coming back. As much as we like to he- see Adrian Heath go – He's coming back. He's not coming. He's not coming back. Ike Parra is not coming back. And even if he does come back, he's not going to be the same player. So let's forget about Ike Parra. Okay. He was great. For now, I mean, he's on the roster, but yeah, I mean, I agree that's, with you. I think but that's, that's forget about him. It's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a moot point. It's, it's done. We're done. That's the way we have to talk about it. We can't talk about that. Yeah. We lost Kevin Molino. He went away. And the reason why he went away is because he wanted to win a championship. That was his, and he wanted to get away from Adrian Heath. He wanted something mm-hmm. different. Great. You know, we offered him a shitload of money. He didn't take it. We can't play back on that. People want to be pissed off about losing Kevin Molino. That's the way it works. This is major league sports. Players do this all the flipping time. How do you replace Kevin Molino? Well, you go out and you sign players and you get new guys in and you hope that they can get a chemistry together. But I'm not seeing that. I'm, I'm not seeing the guys gel like they did last year. And maybe no. that's, and maybe that's like, because there's new players, maybe it's Will Trapp in the middle, uh, starting with the young Griggers. We talked about it. We said Jan and Will aren't, didn't play well together in the first few games. Well, that's the case, but something's got to give here. Uh, yeah. We can't, we can't keep doing this game after game after game. And I'm putting it on everybody. I'm putting it on, Renoso, I'm putting on Lude, I'm putting on Finley, I'm putting on Chase Gasper, everybody. They have to step up. This is not, 
they, the talent is there. That's what's so frustrating. And before I let you talk, Dave, I just want to say this. People after three a three-game loss will always look for the easy out. Well, we need this, and we need this, and we need this guy to replace this guy. We need this guy. I don't think we need that. There's some tweaks and things that can happen, but if you're waiting for a new and Fregapone to come in here and save the day, it's not going to happen. Those two guys are not going to make this team great again. The team itself has to get better. The team, everybody who's here right now has to play up to where they can play. That's it. Yeah. That's it. No, I mean, good, you know, great, Tony. That's uh, well put. I mean, I think you, you probably, I think you can, you echo a lot of fans right now with your view. And I, I think, uh, I think I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you still have some optimism about this club and, and where they stand, at least yeah. by your response there. That's the feeling. Well, I, do. I don't, so the answer, so your answer, I mean, if you were going to a one word answer to the question, is this team shit? Yours would be no. Not yet. Not yet. Two word answer. answer. Not yet. Two, two word answer. And I think that's a fair answer. Um, I, you know, it is, I think for, in, I'll, and actually let's give a shout out to uh, Connor, who I think um, his comments were maybe not as optimistic, but they were, you know, he, he kind of said, as long as we're going to talk about that feed. And he said, basically, we've definitely been better. Our passing has been horrible. Our chance creation has been minimal at best. Mm-hmm. And our signing of Abila has basically been the new coming of, Angelo Rodriguez. So mm. let's, okay. <laughs> let's, let's get into that for a second, guys. I, yeah. Well, and then I'll I get, get my thoughts, but I get, yeah. okay. I get it guys. I totally understand it. You get a new player in, you're excited about him. He's played what a total of one game. If you total Basically, up all his minutes, just over. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, you can't make, you can't say he looks like a player after one game. We, we had this problem with Robin Lude back when he came to this team uh, a year ago or two years ago. David and I would have arguments about the fact that Robin Lude looks like shit. And I always said this, you got to give him at least 10 games or a half a season before you know what kind of player he is. If, if you start making judgments on him like a game or two in, it's, that's not who he is at that point. Yes, mm-hmm. after 10 games or 12 games or 16 games or whatever, if he is Angelo Rodriguez, then he's Angelo Rodriguez, but not yet. Yeah. Not I, yet. You know, I agree. And I mean, I totally get the, 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 the shot, the shot across the bow, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, I mean, let's, let's be honest at moments yesterday during yesterday's awesome match, uh, Abila, he did not have, he, he just, he didn't have, his effort wasn't there. Um, it just, he he had ter- a couple bad turnovers in which he basically just gave up and you know and and then it, the dominoes fell and then that led to a lot of uh, counterattacks for by Austin it, mm-hmm. and you know they only scored the one goal it could have been worse but um, yeah I think in general though like where where is this team like I told like I told you earlier I am a little concerned my concern level has definitely notched it up a rat uh, notched it up a little bit after this game there's no doubt about it how could it not after starting 0 and 3 but I think for me the sad thing is I think and I was in general I think there is a bit of complacency in this club as Mm -hmm. a whole by the players by the players okay um I don't I and it's weird to say this but I don't even necessarily believe it but I'm going to say it it's like okay are they overconfident were they overconfident coming into the season after reaching the 
the Western Conference final and, and nearly should have, would have, could have advanced to the MLS Cup final. You know, maybe is, did they get complacent? Are they overconfident? It kind of looks that way to me. It, it really does. I kind of feel like they expect to win games, but they aren't putting in the effort needed to win those games, you know, especially in the last two weeks. I realize what happened in Seattle was just kind of, you know, the floodgate opens, but in the last two weeks, it just doesn't, it doesn't look like very inspired play. Um, no. There's something lacking. And a lot of that is you have to put it on the players and I'm not going to single out any one player now as I'm talking, but because to me, it seems in general that there's just something missing. And I think something missing is, is the, the effort from the, from the players as a whole. And I think you could kind of see this in Heath's post-game reaction. If you, if you watched it last night, he wasn't, you know, you, I expected him to get on there and just be angry and fired up and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he wasn't, he was, he, to me, he looked sad. He was downright disappointed. He, 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 he was just at a loss almost for words, which you wouldn't expect that from Adrian Heath. And um, I'm not jumping on the Heath out bandwagon yet um, because yeah, I, I, I am disappointed. I am disappointed in the players. It, mm -hmm. There's it's, I don't think it's a tactics thing. Um, I think it's just effort and complacency. That's what, that's how I'm going to put it at right now. Now look at that. You know, we, you know, we, we struggled to come up with Luis Armarilla's name, Armarilla's name. And I think that's, and that's part of the problem we've had here in three games. We've had, we, the carousel can, continues at that forward position. I mean, you've had Robin Lude in the falls nine to start the season. You had Juan Agadello. You, we saw Foster Langsdorf last night. We had Abila starting the match. So yeah, you, you, Tony, you said it, you don't have, you got new players and new fit. You know, whether you're mm -hmm. talking same formation, same tactics uh, that we that proved successful late last season, they're not so far. But, yeah, you do kind of have new players and you have that carousel up top. You're trying to find that one, you know, the one guy in the striker position that can really make an make an impact. Now, reinforcements are coming. But, you know, Adrian Anu is, you know, is he going to be that guy? We'll see. But that's still weeks down the road, even if you want to be optimistic. Um and yeah, of course, the injury bug has hit and it's cascaded the problem through the back line and we've had injuries up front and, and now, you know, with Robin Lewis. So there's there's a whole lot of things you could really point to and I wouldn't disagree with any of them, but I, I something has to change. And in my opinion, I want to see better effort from the players in general. And I'm yep. going to put this more on the players than anyone else. And yes, an easy out is the injuries and and that but it's not enough we should we they shouldn't be oh and three no wounds. they should at the very least they should have a point or two or and maybe even three with a win you know now i want to say that this happens in sports um if you remember there was a team called the cleveland indians uh back in the uh, uh 1989 uh they had a shitty team uh they had uh, willie mays hayes they had Ricky Welting Vaughn and they came out and they, they, you know, their, their, their owner was going to move the team from Cleveland to, I think down South to Miami. And they came out and they got to the playoffs. And then the second year they were complacent and they started to lose and they had to get the team back together to kind of, you know, they, they sucked, you know, back in that second season, there's, there's precedence for this. This can happen. I, don't, yeah. I think that might have been a movie, 
But You're right. <laughs> if Adrian Heath like fakes a heart attack like Lou Brown did, maybe the team will get back together and 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 get <laughs> seriously. And this is I was think I was actually thought about this last night. I was thinking about uh the movie Major League, if anybody didn't get that, I'm sure everybody did. But the movie Major League, right? They 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 get through adversity in that first film and make the playoffs, you know, all that shit. And then the second season comes around and they're all complacent. They all and they hire they get a they get the the big uh free agent signing, that catcher, and he's just a pain in the ass. And all the guys are just shitty because they just get complacent and do their own freaking thing. And it takes Lou Brown having a heart attack to get them back congealed again yeah. but I, I look at that film and i'm like yeah it's pretty much what it is i mean that's yeah that's what i'm it, looking at it is and you know what i it, sometimes it's hard to think about you know athletes and you know teams and sports in general you know having that emotional uh level at that emotional level but it, it's a fact i mean these players are human beings and uh i i think that that could be the emotional part of this is it, it could be a big part. I really do. And and that's why I think it's hard to put a finger on it because, because it is, I think it is in their heads for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the efficiency I mentioned it uh, earlier in the pod is, you know, is outrageously low. It, you know, so you, you could blame that on players talent, but we know we have, we have talented players much more so than 2017. And, and even, right. even, even, you know, even the last couple of years, there, there's, a, there's a tremendous amount of talent and depth depth on this team. And so that's why you can point to the lack of efficiency as the reason why they're not winning, or maybe, you know, the back line, uh, even though they only gave up the one goal last night, but, it's, it's really hard to put a finger on. And that's why I think there is an emotional uh, impact and emotional level to this team's, you know, the reason that they're all in three and why they're, you know, where they're at right now. And it's just, so it's a little bit uh, uncharted territory here to start mm-hmm. a season. And so how, how are they going to turn this around? I mean, I think it's not, I, you said it perfectly, Tony, it's not going to be one player coming in or coming back from injury. That's going to make oh. a difference. It's, this is deeper than that. It's deeper and bigger than one player. And that's why I said it's. I just as a whole team, I need to see better effort. I need to see better. You know, maybe now that they're zero and three, maybe a fire will be lit under them, and that that urgency, sense of urgency, will be be there. That effort needs to improve all across the board. I think. You know, other than you know, I don't think Justin McMaster's lacking any effort. You know, in general, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking as a team, at the team as a whole. I think most of the players really need to step it up. They do. And then and again, I, like you said, and I said too, that it's not a talent problem. It's not a it's talent a, problem. No, no. And, it, and I wish, I wish there'd be a quick, I wish the answer was, Oh, well they need a better left wing. No, I wish, Oh, if they had a better left wing, like, or Nico Hansen wasn't hurt or they never traded um, Kevin Molino, then our problems wouldn't exist. Now, I don't granted. Would this team be better off with a, a player like Molino on the left? Probably. Of course they, okay. But, I, but that's not the answer. It's not, it's not that simple. I, I honestly believe even if Ken Molino was still here, we'd be talking about the same issues because it's not just the play of one guy. It's the play of a lot of guys. It is a, it's a team thing. And Ken Molino is not going to be your savior and solve every problem. And again, as much as we loved Kevin Molino, we had to move on and it is what it is. This team needs to, find something inside i don't know what it is a team meeting uh uh something has to happen in order for them to 
work themselves into a frenzy and get going. And maybe that's what they do next weekend against Colorado. Maybe we see this team come out against Colorado, missing some guys with injuries. Maybe we're not, maybe Ray's not playing next weekend. Maybe Ray's not playing and the lineup has changed and those guys step up and they go, okay, Ray's not playing. We Somebody's got to pick it up and everybody picks it up. Maybe that's the case. I'm going to go into it pessimistic because three games I've seen, one, one in person, two on TV, have looked like shit. So you got to do something. I don't know what else you could possibly do. I just don't. And we need to win this game. This is now, Dave, you said that the Austin game was not a must-win game. Mm-hmm. The Colorado game is a must-win game now. It is now a must-win game. Yeah, you're, you're getting close. Um, yeah, to, to not get – I mean, if you're ta- – I mean, already it's we're really we're really in a bad place to not get any points out of the first three matches. But if you – I mean, it just it just gets worse and worse and worse. And, yeah, if we're – and they have to go out on the road to do it. But, yeah, if you're, you're sitting after four games, you know, all against Western Conference opponents and you can't find a way to get uh, a point out of that, then, yeah, you're in – you're, you're making that um, climb out a lot more difficult than it has to. And then, like I, and we said it before, last podcast and this podcast, we, hey, when they get the reinforcements, when players are healthy, um, yes, they can go on a run. They can, win, they can win three or four matches in a row. There's no doubt about it, whether it happens in May or June or August. You know, they can certainly make a run at, at the playoffs, no doubt about it. It's just it has to start somewhere, and I think – I think for this team, the, the culture of this team, and I think it's just an attitude and, and that will maybe change with that first victory whenever that may come. But yeah, I just, it, it, I think it is psychological. I, it's emotional and it's because it's really hard to really, really hard to put a finger on it because they, they had their chances last night as they did in previous matches and it just didn't, it hasn't gone their way. Mm-hmm. Well, We'll see what they do in Colorado. I do want to say it's nice being able to watch the game on TV and the CW, which is I was able to watch it last night because the CW is now covering a bunch of games. So, yeah, I, I got speaking of that, I almost got thrown for a loop because I turned on my T. I watched the pregame at 630. I threw on the TV and went to Fox Sports North or I should say Valley Sports North game not on. I think the Timberwolves are wild. We're playing. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Fox Sports Plus. I'm like, oh game still not on while we're playing what's going on what's going on and then yeah then i CW. Went, so I, i'm pretty sure it was only on the cw last yeah, it might have been which yeah which is nice at, at oh it's nice yeah because you can catch i mean i don't but you can catch that over the air with an yeah. antenna and, yeah. and a good a good number of the games are so that yeah. is nice which is great um again uh, must win next week um we'll see what the lineup is i got a feeling the lineup's going to be like totally different next week next weekend it's gonna be nuts well tony i don't know if i'd call it a must win because even if they lose the first four they could still get 90 points out of the next 30 games they could you're and, right and 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 that would clearly put them into the playoffs silver lining to being 0-3 right now i have a strong feeling that u.s open cup is not happening this year and it was going to be based off your first three games well for and hey maybe i you know what i honestly thought that last night i was like hmm Maybe because maybe it was because of that U.S. Open Cup. They, they, mm-hmm. The players just want they want, you know it's no secret that from ownership down, this team is talking in ownership and head coach. They're talking about trophies here, mm-hmm. silverware, and so maybe maybe they knew 
that hey, there's no chance of getting a trophy from the U.S. Open Cup. Their motivation in these first three games, it just went out the window. Well, I mean, their motivation is lacking, but maybe that's the reason. Who knows? But Well, uh, again, uh, before we get out of here, I, I want this team to get better because I frankly want to go to Austin. And I think it's September and Octo- or October when they play in Austin. I would freaking love to go to Austin to their new stadium and watch a game down there. I mean, that's I'm looking oh, for sure. I'd love to do that. If they suck though, I don't think I'm going to go, you know, it's like one of those things where, yeah, just don't have the feeling for it, but if they're good, I want to do it. So uh, it's about wraps it up. I think uh, for our little session today, unfortunate that we can't talk about a win, but it is what it is. Uh, I want to say thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Myself, Tony, and for Dave, we'll talk to you guys uh, next week, probably. Yeah, all right. Looking to get that first win under their belt. See what happens. Hopefully.